With only a few weeks until spring officially starts, I wanted to ask some of the top sales and marketing and operations experts in the green industry, what's your number one tip to get ready for spring in 2023? So in today's episode, I'm gonna interview some people about sales, marketing, recruiting for office positions with LinkedIn and personality assessments, and a whole lot more. We weren't getting the leads that I knew we could. We weren't getting the right leads. What started happening is that our, our leads are more qualified. Our sales have probably gone up by about 10 to 15% a year. We're going to increase our sales volume by a million dollars in a year. Hey everyone, Jack Jostis here and welcome to the Landscaper's Guide. Right now I'm in downtown Phoenix. It's a really cool city. I just finished giving my keynote, the Landscaper's Guide to Sales and Marketing in a Recession at LandOps Annual Conference. I've had an amazing time exploring downtown Phoenix. Lots of interesting architecture, interesting landscaping. I had phenomenal shrimp tacos at two different restaurants because they were that good here. And I got to talk to a lot of successful people um, who are in a variety of different positions in the industry. And here's what some of them had to say. Hey everyone, right now I'm with Anthony Smith, who does business development at American Gardens in Elmhurst, Illinois. And I really wanted to share what we were just talking about, which is what if you could get your other sales team, and there's five of you total on the team, right? Yes. So if you could get all five people to do the same thing as we head into spring, what would it be? I would say effective communication with the customer. A lot of times you're working on late season project designs and you know it's crucial to when the winter hits that people tend to put those on the back burner. So you know effectively communicating through the winter makes it easier to get that project scheduled for the spring and you know you really want to be an advocate for your customers so that you're getting them the best time slot so that when they come out of the winter we could get to their project and get it installed and then they can enjoy it for the summer. Absolutely. And so what are some of the things that you're doing? Like how often are you communicating with them? Uh, you know, typically it would be a once a week email. Uh, it can be a text message, but you know, typically it's whatever the salesperson has with their client. Mm -hmm. So if they, you know, typically text, I would say keeping up with that, or if it's typically an email, mm -hmm. just kind of keeping the same uh, communication path. Yeah, I really like that. And one of the things that we do at Ramblin' Jackson that our clients love is simply a, an email on Friday from our project manager of like, hey, here's what we're working on next week. And if we need anything from them, here's what we need from you. And here's our next appointment. And they get that email every Friday and they always know where their project at, is at, what what's what's being worked on and if there's anything needed from them and with landscape projects you a lot of times you might need feedback from a client on hey we need this plant selection or we need feedback on this piece of the design yeah i think that you know i like the friday <clears throat> aspect of that because then it gives the homeowner the customer the weekend to you know think about that question or series of questions that you've mm -hmm. asked them so um, I definitely would incorporate that into yeah. our fold. I, I, I like, we've just standardized it. It's on Friday. Yeah. And then that way we know it's happening and they know it's happening. And it prevents, because our projects also sometimes take months to complete as well. Yeah. And that communication every week over time helps people feel good about where they're at. That's excellent. It's a great idea. I'd like to uh, incorporate that into our uh, mix. And I think that, you know, a Friday is... Uh, once you have it scheduled, then you can keep keep up with it. 
Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're already doing it, and uh, yeah, maybe maybe just picking a day. Yeah, I is, think that'd be, is yeah. the way to go. So, what day of the week are you emailing your clients an update? Let us know. All right, everyone. I'm in downtown Phoenix Round right now with Ashley Wojcikowski, who is the HR and recruiting specialist at LandOp. Yes. And somewhere online it said people coach. Yes. But that's not your title, but it is, it's kind of related to yes. what you do, right? Yes. Yes, it does relate. I'm, I'm actively helping our landscape companies. I'm helping them to recruit and find management positions and just give them, you know, some like different tips that they can utilize in their organization. So, Ashley, we were talking about how you help primarily find management positions at landscape Correct. companies, not necessarily labor. And, and the recruiting for those roles is different. And I think yeah. this is timely. I, ha I have a lot of my clients are trying to expand their office team. They're trying to hire managers or other positions. Yes. What what's working on LinkedIn? So one of the things we were talking about on the escalator was how you can't just kind of sit around and wait for these people, right. but you can be proactive. Yes. What are some of the ways that you're finding is working for proactively hiring people? Yeah. So with, you know, whenever I started this position, it was a lot of trial and error. I was trying to just find different ways that I was able to track down people that were in the industry and, you know, that could fill those management positions. And I found that whenever I updated my LinkedIn, I, I ended up getting the subscription for the, I think it's called like Recruiter Light on LinkedIn. And I'm actually able to just search landscaping companies and I click on profiles. I reach out to them. I direct message them. And I've had a lot of success doing so. Um, people aren't necessarily always looking for a job or different opportunities, but you'd be surprised by the amount of people that are interested to learn more. And then in turn, that can ultimately turn into a hire for them. So I've, I've been actively, you know, just being proactive, trying to search for people and not just sitting there on my hands, just waiting for people to actually just apply to the position. So, so when you connect with people, what's your strategy like? Do do you initially, in your initial message, say, hey, we're hiring for this position, I'm interested in talking to you, or do you keep it a little more casual and just try and go for the connection first? So I think it depends on what the, what their experience looked like in the past and if I'm actually recruiting in that area. Sometimes I will just find interesting people with interesting backgrounds that are from the industry and I'll just want to connect with them. I think it's good to just build a constant pipeline of people. You never know if in that area maybe a, a position might become available. So it's good to just keep that conversation casual. Just say I'm from the industry looking to just, you know, build my connections and, and build, you know, build the relationships basically. If it's somebody that's in that area that I'm I'm actively seeking for a position, I'll reach out to them and just say, I have this great opportunity, I'm who I am, and just list out some of the responsibilities that are included in that position, and then just see if they're interested in connecting and talking further about the position. I like it. Yeah. And um, what are some of the things that you look for? Do you look for past experience in the landscape industry for these roles? How important is that versus, like, what do you, what do you look yeah. for? And I know that it can vary per position. Definitely. But what are, what are some of the things that you might look for? I think, I, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head with that. It just really depends on the position that I'm, I'm recruiting for and, you know, knowing a little bit about my client and who they're actually, what their culture is like and, and who they're trying to specifically find. But I find that yes, industry experience can be important depending on the position, but you should really be, and especially, you know, Heading into this year, and, and I know people are struggling to try to find 
good hires, good solid people that genuinely want to show up to work and actually, you know, they're they're a good hire. And right. I think that's just it's very hard to find somebody. So hiring for a personality might be your solution to that. You know, if you find somebody who is a proactive thinker, somebody who is just genuinely a very confident and, you know, successful individual that wants to continue to grow, that might be a better hire than somebody who just came from the industry. You can teach them knowledge. You can't teach somebody, you know, to just be a solid, good worker. A lot of times you can't teach that. Well, how do you find that out? Right. You probably like, can you see that in someone's LinkedIn or do you need to kind of vet them and interview them? And yeah. I guess in round numbers, mm -hmm. you know, a lot, a lot of landscape companies will know how many prospects they need to talk to yeah. in order to get to an estimate to close mm -hmm. a sale. What's the kind of like the math to finding a position like this? How many people do you need to kind of connect with, talk to, to then even get to the job offer standpoint? Do yeah. you think? I, I feel like out of, so say I, out of like 40 or 50 applications, you'll call, you can find that like one gem. Um, it's really hard to find people and the different questions that you ask during an interview that will ultimately, you know, be able to tell what, how that person is going to be, you know, can they take criticism and, and in their position, you know, how do you handle criticism? How do you give criticism to others? It's just asking those certain questions that you can really tell about their personality here at LandOp2. And we, we coach this to our landscape companies as well is to utilize certain types of personality testing. We utilize something that's called the AVA assessment. And I think it helps tremendously. It's not going to be your, you know, one all be all where this is going to be exactly how the person's going to be. You know, those things can sometimes be finicky. Take it with a grain of salt is what I always say. But you can utilize that and kind of pinpoint certain personality traits that you're seeing that you might question on. So if somebody is, you know, somebody who is very assertive and they're also independent, you might want to ask how are they, you know, how are they in a team environment? Ask certain questions to kind of see how they're going to be able to work together with people because that could pose a problem. If they're super independent and they're very assertive, they're not going to listen to anybody and they're not going to you know, care for other people's opinions. So you should ask about those certain questions when you're interviewing somebody. The point is that we want to give somebody something tactical that they can do this spring and it would be yes. to be proactive. Yes. And if you are hiring for an office position to proactively hire for it on LinkedIn. Yes. And, and too, I mean, whenever I say 40 to 50 applications, I mean, that's just the people that applied to the position. I'm reaching out on LinkedIn to hundreds of people. I mean, I am just, my inbox is just constantly full of me just trying to just proactively ask people if they're interested in hearing different opportunities. And then also, like I said earlier, is just build that pipeline of individuals because you never know when something might become available. Maybe something happens in, in their work life or personal life where they're looking for a new opportunity and that's somebody that you connected with two years ago and now they're, they're ready for a position. So it's just constantly building connections and training and developing the people that you have on your team already and just making sure that you're keeping up on retention and just you want to keep those good hires you want to keep them and you want to make sure that you're communicating with them so that way they they remain happy within your organization and they don't they don't get burned well, out and the, and the personality assessment really helps the employee yes. get matched to a role where they're going to thrive right so i think a lot of times people and i think you got to kind of sell people on that when they're yeah. applying because sometimes they're like you want me to do a do personality I? assessment? <laughs> yeah. Are you a psychopath? And it's like, well, maybe, but we're, what we're really going to do is help <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> match maybe. you for a role that will be perfect. That for will be you. perfect fit for you. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and like I said, a lot of people, you'd say personality tests and they're like, 
really? Yeah. But it's just a tool to use. I mean, yeah. it's not, and like I said, it's not going to be something where somebody's going to be exactly like that. Maybe they are, but you never know. So that's why you probe during the interview process. And two, we also utilize it as well whenever, just if you're thinking about a promotion and you're looking at, you know, say two different individuals that you already have in your organization, you can have them retake the assessment and kind of see if they've grown, you know, be able to really tell, will this person be able to successfully transform into a, into this management position or whatever it is. Cool. So we constantly are utilizing, you know, different techniques like that, that can really set you apart from your competition. All right, everyone, here I am with Kevin Anthony Prawl from Eichenlob Landscape. You got it. Right outside, or are you in Pittsburgh? Where are you? Well, the company itself is actually in Pittsburgh. We have two locations. We have operations just outside of Pittsburgh, and then our design and sales office is near the center of Pittsburgh. And I myself live just outside of Pittsburgh. And so we were we were just talking, you entered a contest I and did. ended up changing your life. It, Tell us what I was the did. contest and what, what well, did you I had do? I a really good friend back in Colorado where I came from. And she said, Kevin, you've got a great yard and Better Homes and Gardens Magazine is having this contest, America's Best Front Yard. You should enter it. So I did. Over the course of uh, the month of May, you could send uh, a picture in and say why you thought your yard was the best and then they would pick the 10 best that of all the entries that came in, and then the public would vote on those 10 finalists. That happened, and then I found out in June of that year mm -hmm. that I won and that America voted my yard the best front yard, and it was I was told to keep that a secret until September, until Better Homes and Gardens Magazine could actually reveal that, and it was a hard secret to keep, I tell you. It was really a lot of fun. <laughs> so it was life-changing because the notoriety I got the national attention. Uh, the county I live in actually designated a special proclamation that my yard was so amazing that it brought so much positive light to the county and to the city I live in, which is a pretty amazing thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then just the people I've met and the friends I've made. And honest to God, the work that has brought me through the company, because people want to work with people have the best front yard. So yeah, it's just been astounding. Wow. Well, congratulations again on winning. Thank you. Was this, So this was your personal residence? It's my personal house, yeah. And so did your landscape team... Nope, it was all me, every bit of it. <laughs> I mean, I got a few plants from the office, but it was all me. Take, I've always been into landscape. It's always been my passion. Mm -hmm. So that just kind of happened over time at my house. Been there about 12 years, and it took about 12 years to get that to happen. But, you know, when you love something, it's just going to naturally kind of occur. It turned out really well. Wow. Well, that's that's amazing. So as we head into spring, this is coming out on Friday, March 3rd. What what would your number one tip be for fellow snow and landscape company owners, designers, people in the industry? If you Dream could give... big and dream the impossible. You'd be amazing what you can get away with. You know, I mean, I've got some things in my yard that really don't belong there. It takes effort to grow things that really shouldn't be in your growing zone but that's part of the fun I have. So whatever you dream, try it. See if it'll happen. I mean, you'll probably be surprised. Well, I love it. Dream big. Dream big. I love it. Go do for something it. something different. Yeah. Yeah. And do something that you want. Yeah. Don't let the books tell you you can or cannot do something. Try it. You may be surprised how it might work.
Hey everybody, it's Robert Felton, the Senior Landscape Marketing Strategist at Ramblin' Jackson. I'm here in Phoenix with Jack. He recently just spoke at LandOps event. We were just talking about what do you need to do before spring? What is one recommendation for our clients, for landscapers, prospective clients, that they should do before the spring season kicks into full swing? My suggestion is going back to the foundation, thinking about reviews and net promoter score. This is an important item and it helps enhance everything else in the foundation. Foundation. So I recently met with someone and they were spending quite a bit of money on Facebook advertising. In my opinion, thinking about reinvesting that money in your operations, your customer experience is going to be a much better use of that budget going into spring. Your review average has a huge effect, not only on ranking, but just buying experience. So to help with this, I have two recommendations. My first one is what is your review process? Are you talking about it? Do your frontline employees know that reviews are are important? Are they asking for them? Are they part of your process? If not, sit down, figure that out. The second step would be pro be proactive. Reach out to 10 of your best customers. If you're getting great word of mouth referrals, these are people who could leave you reviews. You should call them, you should ask for them, and you should script that out and get a few more good reviews before spring kicks into full swing. I totally agree with what Robert said. Having online reviews is so important because even word of mouth referrals are gonna search your name online and find your Google listing and you don't want your bad reviews to blow the deal. The other thing I would recommend dialing in before springtime is your sales process. A lot of landscape clients tell me that they're having a hard time finding enough office people and those are the people who are typically answering the phone and dealing with potential customers. And when you have an inefficient sales process, it really stresses out your staff. One of the tools that we recommend using is online scheduling to go to a phone call. So if you have multiple divisions of your company, like a maintenance division, a commercial division, and a design build division, and maybe you have three different people, um, you can schedule appointments online with each person through online scheduling. And this way, when the phone rings, whoever answers can then book a call for the salesperson from that department. It makes buying from you a lot easier and also gives you a lot of freedom. When those people are out of town, there's no sticky notes for them to have to deal with when they get back from being out of town. They just have an appointment on their calendar at the times that are open. I'm going to be sharing a whole lot more about how to dial in your sales process at Win the Spring on Thursday, March 9th. So join me there, winthespring.com. We're presenting this with Landscape Hub and Team Engine who have great presentations on other timely content for this spring, like employee retention and how to procure your materials more efficiently. So check it out at Win the Spring. Thanks for checking out this episode. It's been really fun coming to <laughs> coming to Phoenix. There's there's some interesting birds, as you can hear right now. And right now we're in just a really interesting landscape where there's all kinds of interesting stone. We've got some turf here. Really interesting to come to Southwest and see how they do landscaping here. So thanks for checking out today's episode. I'm Jack Jostis. Thanks for listening to the Landscaper's Guide. I hope to see you at Win the Spring, winthespring.com. And uh, I'll talk to you next week on the podcast.
And right now I'm at Land Ops Conference in Phoenix, Arizona. And today I'm going to talk to them, sing to you. Do, do, yeah, yeah, yeah.